Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. What's going on, Steelers Nation? It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It is the Steelers Blitz, Wesley Euler, and the return of the Mac, Mr. Arthur Motes, back in the building. He's back. I'm back in the saddle. Thought about quitting, but I'm back. Feels good to be back too, man. I missed you. I missed you. I missed the power grid. I missed the megawatts, man. I missed you too, partner. You know, I, I did. I, I missed the 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 uh, heart attack stealers giving me what I need. We almost got the full completion of yesterday. Unfortunately, felt just ran out of time. Ran out a little bit of time. But yeah, man, it feels good to be back, man. I missed you. How have you been? I seen your WVU team was making some noise. Hey. My, 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 my Dukies. Uh, you know. still, still ranked Dukies, still might ranked. I add. Still a 10 and 1, still in a good spot. Well, you know, we broke the record. You I was going to say. Even when Kanye and Kobe had their commercials, like, yo, what do you do when you've broken like every record that you could break? And he's like, you just got to break more records. He's like, well, what about when you break those records? He's like, we'll break more. And can just you keep be- going? You know, a different animal, but yet the same beast. So we've broken the attendance record for college game day three times. Now. How about that? We gave you ten thousand the first time. We gave you fifteen thousand the second time. They ain't want to believe it though, Wes. So we went ahead and dropped twenty six on the head top this yeah, weekend. Yeah, that was man. insane. That was a heck of a that was a heck of a scene there on the campus of JMU. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I, I knew I you were dialed I in. I didn't enjoy it because obviously the circumstances sure. during that time sure. frame, but that did give me a boost in my morale, which I needed well, during that time listen, frame. Listen, next know? when they go back for the fourth time, okay? Oh yeah, I'm pulling up there. Yeah, and that you need to be the guest pickers. You know how many texts I got on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, is Moats gonna? Be, I had at least four or five people texting. Is Moats gonna be the guest picker for, for the, JMU? For the people that knew what was going on. They knew, of like, course, yo, yeah, don't you hit him. You got some family yeah, stuff going but on. But literally, it was the crazy week. Obviously, you know, we were, I wasn't even in here with you on sure, Friday. Sure. Was flying out over the weekend. But, yeah, I literally was in Virginia in the 757, let's see, Monday night till Wednesday morning, you know, at one service for my mama. And then after that, took that trip up to James Madison, good old Harrisonburg, mm-hmm. for my father-in-law, mm-hmm. which was Thursday. And then we came on back Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, yeah, I was like, I didn't get a chance to get down there. Sure, and trust sure. me, man, I would have loved to have been over there. But like I said, man, better time than you, next time, man. You had some real-life stuff going on, some real family stuff going on. Uh, like I said, hoops, ranked JMU hoops team took ooh. care of business. And like I said, ranked JMU football team, we we lost in spectacular fashion, if we go be real. 
you know, it's funny. Uh, when JMU took down Michigan State, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. I was like, of all the times for Motsi to be out, he could have come in here and paraded in front of Mike Pursuta, you know. I tried to catch Trib in the parking lot, all right? <laughs> so driving on nothing, I was like, I ought to cut you off, With man. that Michigan State I, license I, look, plate I, he's I, got. I started to cut him off. I started to give him a fender bender on the way out of here just to let him know, hey, hey, it's the Dukes in the house again. Hey. But no, it was definitely a vibe, though, man. Like I said, was definitely enjoying that part. And like I said, man, knowing that my cars got a chance to get spotlighted nationally, sure. man. Felt good. And knowing that my dog was having his Mountaineers take care of business made me happy as well, man. So uh, what's good with you, though, man? What's new on your agenda, on your side I of I mean, town? you know, we've just been just been missing the mozi here on the Blitz. But everything's good. Uh, shirtless Tom did a did a great I job heard, of filling man. in. Shout out to Shirtless Tom, man. Um, the more you can do. The more you can do. Absolutely. So, so big thanks to our guy Tom for, for uh, I mean, he does, he does a lot, that did Tom Did he have Opperman. a shirt on while he was doing the show? I hope not. Information cannot be disclosed yes. at this time because HR might be li- yes. HR might be listening right I now. I love this. Uh, but a big shout out to Tom. Big thanks to Tom. I hope you felt some of the love too. We we got a no, lot of no, we got a, did, we got a man. lot of tweets and messages. Definitely people, did. you know, thoughts with you, prayers with you and the family. And, and I did want to say to everybody that has reaching out, man, across multiple platforms, whether it's been on X, right, or Instagram. Um, I mean, you got yeah, I'm still on the YouTube and stuff like that, man, across the board. Man, I definitely appreciate your thoughts and prayers for me and my wife, obviously, yes. man. So, no, I definitely appreciate y'all on that. Yes, hope you guys were, were able to have some some good quality time together. I tell right. you what, this week, too, I mean, we're, we're right back into it. A uh, big one to react to from yesterday, obviously. We will have no shows on Thursday and Friday because... Thursday is the best holiday of we, the year. We, we back to celebrating holidays. That's it. Yeah. You know, I had that weird convo this morning because for the large majority of my life, with sports, we didn't celebrate holidays. Cut your eyelids off and, and, and go to work. And you kind of have joked about yep. that. And then it was like, all right, I retire, and we start back celebrating holidays. That's it. And then literally me and wifey this morning were like, you know, with the losses that we just recently accrued. You're we're trying like, to recalibrate. We're like, yo, do, do we even celebrate Thanksgiving? Like, how does this work right now? So I think we're going to actually try to get back on the saddle, man. We're going to try to get back on the wagon and have a little Thanksgiving action. We was talking cuisine. I was like, man, I don't know if I want turkey, ham, or do I want to cut it up and just go steak, smoke ribs, and, I was gonna you know, say, if, wings, I know, like, if I know you, I know you, you won't put me? that smoker to use. So, so, sometimes. You didn't quit smoke like Snoop. Come on, man. I, I ain't on Snoop. Did Snoop, you see Snoop that today, quit. though? I did. And then, and then I saw other people talking about they're gonna quit too. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go smoke but these wings tonight. Did you, did you see the setup though today? From I did Snoop? not. No, what happened? It was all an ad for a uh, like a portable smokeless fireplace company. I kid you not. It just dropped wow. like an hour ago. So, so full transparency. I was uh, at West West Mifflin Middle uh, West Mifflin Middle School this morning okay. with the Steelers in uh, U.S. Steel. We're uh, implementing the STEAM program. Nice. That we've been, uh, or excuse me, a Steelers STEM program that we've been doing. That's since like science, two, science, technology, technology engineering, engineering and math. math. Yeah. Yep. So we've been implementing that since 2019. So I was out there all morning. So that's why I literally was like, "Yo, it was something." Yeah, you probably was, yeah, it. I totally missed it. Yeah. So I had a feeling it was a setup. I thought it was a setup for like a Super Bowl ad or you like see, a. You thought that. I thought he was going to have like some form of non uh, combustible. Oh, I, I get what you're THC saying. THC product. I, I get what he was you're gonna saying. Have like an alternative method or something like that. Right. Like a. Where he wouldn't have uh, to. Like a vape yeah, or, a, or something, something he would ingestible. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. So it definitely caught me off guard, but. So here's the setup. He said, I'm done with smoke. I'm going smokeless with Solo Stove, the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Everything's a bit in 2023. I don't believe anything on the surface. Oh, my gosh. It's all a bit. Shout out to Snoop for that. And I tell you what, so, big so, 
shout out to Snoop what, 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 for that one. What about the other uh, celebrities that hopped on the train when they was like, oh, he's quitting, I'm quitting then. Yeah, I guess I guess they're getting smokeless fireplaces. <laughs> so keep that same energy, man. For all their outdoor needs. <laughs> you guys know the drill here already on the Steelers Blitz. We're back. We back. In, I mean, I would say business as usual. It'll be a little bit of a different week, obviously, as uh, we only have three days. But we will catch up with our buddy Chris Carter. We will finally reignite the Migos here a little over an hour from now. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, wall-to-wall reaction with everything that happened yesterday. 13-10. to 10. Loss in Cleveland, uh, basically a walk-off field goal for the Browns. I mean, there were still yeah. two seconds left on the clock, right? But for all intents and purposes, a walk-off type field goal for Cleveland. Motsi, we had kind of worried that at some point the, the the script could flip because when you ride the Tiger, it's a lot of fun, but eventually you can get bit. Mm. And we knew that statistic. Was that this- a Jungle Book reference, man? You had me thinking about... Bagheera and Baloo and Shere Khan. You know, you can't mess with that tiger now, man. It's the bare necessity. All right, all right, all right. we got to stay focused. It's, it's the first day back in the That's saddle. I know. We you locked know in. Okay? You know what's funny is I think normally our listeners enjoy the banter between you and I, yeah. but right now they're probably like, I need Moses' thoughts on yesterday. You'll learn, shut up and just get to it. <laughs> So, you you had nine straight wins in one-score games, right? Twelve of the last 13, whatever it was, those statistics that we know. But it caught up with you yesterday in, in one of those games where you, you just didn't have the sauce down the stretch, you know, particularly that some of that late magic that we had seen from the offense uh, just didn't happen by the lake yesterday. Yeah, um, honestly, I had mixed reviews with it because there were some positives that took place both on offense defense, right? We had – Another hundred yard performance by Jalen Warren. Warren. We man. had a home run hit in Jane and Jalen Warren. We saw even to an extent, not to the full degree, but for a while we did get some complimentary football with Najee Harris as well. I thought there were some positives with that. I thought defensively, we did a really good job, especially after that opening drive, of actually catching back up to what was being shown in terms of stopping the run and being able to react to some of the play-action pass and some yep. of the things yep. that uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was doing with his arm and legs as a strength. I thought that we really settled in. And at the end, if you think about it, it took three opportunities for them legitimately to put together that final scoring drive. In the National Football League, if you play this game long enough, if you keep giving teams enough opportunities to stick around, they will eventually they'll have make, success. They'll make you pay, yeah. And that was one of those situations. It's not like the dam completely broke or we, you know, lost our minds out there. But at the same time, we do understand the context that we've continued to talk about this season. And that context being based on the style that we're playing right now, we are built to play defense run the ball, minimize, or win the turnover battle, and that's how we get out of stadiums. The problem is, though, that margin for error is completely small, right? Almost like you have to be perfect. It's narrow. You know? (laughs) So, in a sense, what did we get? We had running game. We had defense. Now, the turnover element, not necessarily the same, but the part that we missed out on was the occasional drive, right? And that was one of the things that we would hang our hat on with Kenny in terms of why we would still be optimistic or at least feel good about him was when people would bring up the seven game-winning drives, right? More than Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career. And in a vacuum, yes, those are good statistics. But from a, you know, macro look at this thing, we realized that what? It's four quarters of football. If we wait until the last drive or two of every game for Kenny to play 
like a franchise caliber or QB1 caliber quarterback if he ever doesn't do that it's for those one-two drives. Now dangerous. we got four game, four yep. quarters of, ah, and yesterday kind of was that. I mean, if we're going to be brutally honest, that's what it was. So when you think about it outside of the last play of the game, which was the razzle-dazzle, I'm going to throw it to Deontay, Kenny would have played four quarters and had less than 100 yards passing as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. That can't be the standard that can't be the num or the norm. There's no sustainability in that. Kenny understands that. Matt Canada, Coach Tomlin, this team as a whole understands that. Now, in order for the team to improve, which I feel like they will do, they're gonna have these same hard conversations. But the difference is in those rooms, it's gonna be about accountability. It's less about finger pointing. So for Kenny, he is gonna be looking at himself and saying, regardless of what the fans are trying to say to minimize my role in this outcome, I 100% have to be better because I play quarterback. And quarterback is the most important position on the team. Most important position in sports. Your coach matters about 30%. You've heard me say it numerous times, 70, man. 30. The players are the guys that got to execute. The players are the guys that make the coach look good. The players are the guys that make a call a good call. There is no match. You think that was a great call when he gave the toss play to Jalen Warren? No. If Najee was running, it would have been a three-yard tackle. A three-yard game, right? It was not anything that was elaborate or special. But what took place? The player made the play special. Made a couple guys the miss player and, made it work. Yep. When we see George Pickens down in the grass and we give him a throw and it's a back shoulder, it's like that wasn't anything special in terms of a call, but the player executed it. The player made it work. The player made it special. And that's the part that us as players 100% understand. We definitely get this part. But that's more so for the consumers right now, which are the fans, right? It's going to be some times where – to make yourself feel better, you don't want to hold Kenny accountable. But that can't be the case in games like how it was yesterday. Now it's not 100% on him because it's a team game, but the lion's share of it does fall on your quarterback based on the design of our team right now, which is give me a drive or two in the fourth quarter and we're getting out of a we're stadium. We're going to keep it close and we're going to get out of there. Yeah. We flirted with the drive, we flirted with it, and we got the third and two, ultimately gave up a sack, and that kind of pushed us out of position. But outside of that, we never had it going again. And those are some of the things where, like I said, we just have to be better at that position. And for Kenny, he understands that, and we're not acting like he hasn't shown at times that he could be better. No doubt. But at this level, the difference between bad, good, really good, and great is your consistency. If I give you this game 10 times, or if I give you this throw 10 times, the okay guys make that throw about three times. The halfway decent guys make it about five times. Really good guys make it about seven times. The elite guys, the franchise guys, the guys that we clamor about, they're nine and ten times. And that's not what we are getting right now. So when you think about how we react to Kenny, how we think about this offense as a whole, it is largely due to those very, very wide spans of consistency no or the lack thereof. And that's the part, the biggest part for me, you know, that was my biggest takeaway yesterday. It was like, man, we've seen Kenny come out of these games and play a lot better. We've seen this offense move more consistently, but it starts with him. He is the guy that makes this offense roll. He's the quarterback. 
And that's the part for, like I said, as a team, they understand. So, yeah, you get some frustration because it's a game you should have won. That's more what you're frustrated at than a particular player. It's like, bro, we know we should have won that game. As bad as it was, we still should have won that game. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part. We're all thinking part. it, right? With four, that's the frustrating with four part. four or five minutes left yes. in that game, we were all thinking the same thing. It's been ugly. It, it, the offense has struggled. But you know what? Here we go again. Defense steal gets, away. Defense gets a timely turnover. You have a couple, you know, all right, you had a punt that was not great by Presley Harvin earlier, but then Cleveland returns that favor, and they have a 24-yard punt of their own, and all of a sudden you're set up, and it's like, okay, couple first downs here, and Boz is going to be money, and we're going to get out of here with a 13-10 to win, and it won't be ugly, and all those things, or it will be ugly, it won't be pretty, we'll be 7-3. and And you're right, it, it just, it, the execution wasn't there this time around, and it, it it feels to me like a lot of, I mean, I'm just going to say people. It, it can be fans, it can be media, it can be whoever. It's like an avalanche from yesterday. <laughs> Whereas everyone has kind of had in the back of their mind, the Steelers have been getting away with this, the Steelers have been getting away with this, the Steelers have been, ah, see, there it is. Finally didn't get away with it. And it can it can be uh, you know it can be easy to get caught up in in all of that without a doubt. And we can well listen we can dissect every element of this offense and where they need to improve. And yes, it starts with the quarterback. And we can talk about some of the stuff with the offensive line as well too. And we can talk about some of the stuff with some of the tight ends and the receivers. But man, I I know what you're saying is true, and I hope that there's a real onus of in that locker room right now. It didn't go our way, but look up, look around you. Six and four, yeah, you feel like you should be seven and three, and that one's going to bother you, and that one's going to you know, annoy you. You're still in a playoff position today, and, man, like, I don't know. I don't want to seek comfort here. That's not what but, I'm trying to do. No, no, but that's the conversation. It has to be accountability. It, it 100% has if, to be. If you can't hold yourself or hold the player that you love accountable or to that standard – then you're doing yourself and this team a disservice. Because what happens is you begin to say that, hey, this wasn't about this player or this wasn't about hmm. this particular individual. And they begin to think that, you know what, it is acceptable to play like how we played yesterday. Do you think that that's going to give you a better chance of winning going forward? No Absolutely chance. not. No the chance. way that you improve is by having the tough conversations, is by saying, okay, I know I did this good, but what did I do wrong? And let's really talk about what happened and how do we improve upon said things. But that's one of them conversations that, like I said, behind those closed doors down there on the south side, man, oh, those conversations, conversations I had. Absolutely. Week. Those conversations I had. And it has to be, in order for this team to continue going the way that they want to go, they know the margin for error is small. It's slim. You have to be almost perfect to win the way that they're winning. But they are comfortable in the uncomfortable. Now, yesterday is not the end of the world, and it doesn't mean that, oh, my God, now I told you the sky's falling. No. It just means that when we do not play the way that we have to play, it doesn't matter if it's Peyton Manning out there or if it's Dorian Thompson Robin out there. You can still get beat. Period. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that you that said, was the, the big National takeaway. Football League. Absolutely. Like you say all the time, it, there's there's no Alabama versus Mm-mm. South Central, Northeastern, Come Mississippi on, Community College, State University. Uh, anybody in, that has made it in this league, anybody that is in this league, has the capability of making plays to beat you. Um, I don't care if it's the Carolina Panthers, who are you know what, one in ten right now, or mm-hmm. one in eleven, whatever their record is, or the Cleveland Browns with a fifth round, third string rookie quarterback. 
those guys are on NFL rosters because they've been the one percent of the one percent at every level. People are watching the Josh Dobbs story at times, right? Yep. And this is another guy where it's like, yo, he hasn't even been viewed as a QB one franchise caliber guy, and he's still been able to have success because this is the national yes, but this is the National Football League. If you come out there, you're not prepared, and you're not playing your best on that day, you will get beat. That's the reality of it. No doubt about it. And so where does that accountability start? What does it look like this week? Where do they kind of go to get things moving in the right direction? Again, particularly on the offensive side of the football. Uh, We will discuss all of that when we come back on the other side. We're going to get to your tweets. We didn't do this yet. Questions, comments, concerns, reactions. You want to get involved. Oh, this is going to feel good. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. Duh. Oh, yeah. Hey, now. On, on hey now. Twitter, on X, on whatever you want to call the platform this week. Uh, there'll be a lot of conversation in this first hour. The entire show, we're with you until 2 o'clock today. We got our buddy Chris Carter in about an hour. Plenty to get to, of course, with the uh, the pastor of the Church of Kennedy, of wow. Kenny CC himself. So your reactions, more on accountability, more on you know how you start moving this thing in the right direction after a, uh, a less than stellar performance by the lake against those Cleveland Browns yesterday afternoon. We will uh, continue to break it all down for you when we return. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, Arthur Motes, accountability. I like that. That's the word of the day here. You know, my uh, oldest Olivia is big time into Sesame Street. They do letter of the day. They do number of the day Mm -hmm. on Sesame Street, right? Well, today's word of the day is accountability. Finger pointing gets us nowhere. Steve. Hello. Uh, So I think you did a great job of kind of laying everything out there. And you and I were talking a little bit about about this during the break. Like, I I don't think it's seeking comfort when you look at the schedule and you still think it lays out very well for the Steelers. And you still think there's a lot of wins in front of this team. Mm -hmm. I mean, you weren't going to face a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, a Pro Bowl quarterback again until New Year's Eve in Seattle. And, oh, yeah, Geno Smith got hurt yesterday. I, I like how you couldn't wait to say he was a Pro Bowl quarterback, too. I could feel your you energy with that, yo. I could feel your energy. It's funny. Hold on real quick. All these people, all these, a lot of Seattle fans, we want Drew Locke. We want Drew Locke. Oh, yeah, well, Geno gets hurt and leaves you with a two-score two lead. And then mm. and then what happens? Oh, the Rams come back and win because well, Drew Locke threw a terrible well, interception well. that set up L.A. to go win the game. Well, well, Listen, you well. Seahawks fans, I'll be out there in about a month. Don't 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 make me bring the hammer down. Watch how you talk about our Lord and Savior, Geno Smith, all right? But it, for the Steelers— Hey, when was Drew Locke drafted again? First round? Gino's second round, I mean. Shout out to Gino. Um, For the Steelers, this thing, it feels like it can go one of two ways. Yesterday can be the low point of your season, and you can can beat some teams that you should beat and have some success against down the stretch here. 
or yesterday could be the turning point of your season where, like you talked about, some of that accountability stuff goes by the wayside. Maybe the blame game starts starts creeping Stop into conversations and things like that. Yep. So what's that look like? Where's that begin? Because I know, listen, you played in the National Football League for a decade. I know you had a lot of meetings throughout the course of the season where things went well and, hey, we did this, this, and this, and it was great and it worked, and, and here's how we're going to continue to roll. I know you had some times where there were hard conversations, where there were uncomfortable meetings. So, again, particularly on the offensive side of the football, since we all know that's that's where the step forward needs to happen. I mean, heck, do you guys know since in the month of October, so or since the month of October, right? So if you take out the start of the season, those first three games, since the month of October, the Steelers' defense has given up the fewest amount of points per game in the National Football League. So we could talk about... The defense isn't perfect, but it, clearly you need to score more than 10 points to win games consistently in the National Football League. What's that look like this week then? Where does that begin? I mean, I know the quarterback's a big part of this conversation, but what's being said? How's that being laid out? How do you have that accountability conversation starting today and all with you know getting ready for, for Cincinnati on Sunday? Well, the beautiful thing is with football, it is simple. It's all about consistency, right? So... Whether it's a win or a loss, you always hear say the same thing, right? We're going to come in here. We're going to talk about what we did. Well, we're going to talk about what we did not so good. We're going to be brutally honest on both sides of it. And then after that, we're going to progress to the next week and ultimately try to continue to minimize our mistakes and maximize our strengths. That's the name of the game. You don't get here in week to week. You lose your mind because you lost or you feel like you're on top of the world and you're perfect because you won. No, that's what bad teams do. Inconsistent teams do that. If you look around the league, it's a lot of bad teams, a lot of inconsistent teams. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Steelers, right, sitting at 6-4. and four, And you're like, well, how does that happen? Because they're not a bad team. Are they an elite team? No. I think they're a good to really good team when they are consistent. So in terms of your answer, right, or your question, in terms of when we're looking at this thing, we're saying how do we improve next week? Man, the first thing I do, I look at this offense and I say, man, we loved how we ran the ball. Why were we able to run the ball the way that we did? What were some of the best runs that we had? Let's add on that. But then you take the next step, and we were doing that, and we've been doing this, honestly. It's just the execution has been a lot better these past couple of weeks where we will take the same look that we have running play success out of and the same personnel grouping as well, and we run play action pass, or we run passing concepts out of it. I know people don't want to give Canada credit. I love the fact that he does that, though, because it does have an effect on the defense. It was showing up last week versus the Green Bay Packers. Broke a couple of film sessions down talking about that on YouTube, right? Obviously, it was going to be some similar stuff in yesterday's game, but the execution was not there, and that's the reason why, okay, if the pass isn't completed or if it's not the right read, Mm. we instantly lose our mind if we don't want to be brutally honest about certain things. So I think that's the next progression. Like I said, see the running plays we had success with. Then the next part is, like I said, man, how do we build upon that from a play-action pass standpoint? And then from there, we look to Kenny and we say, Kenny, Let's look on your plays that you were sacked on. Mm. Stepping up versus trying to avoid, you know, out the back of the pocket. Let's also look at throws that we made on first down. Let's look at those we made on third down. Where are we trying to go with the ball? And then from there, the next part is on Matt Canada, where you say, all right, versus Green Bay, our response was we're going to go to the very quick passing attack, the quick screen game to Deontay Johnson, the fast release for Jalen Warren. We tried to do some of those things just in the form of screenplays, but from a schematic standpoint, I thought that we either needed to do one of two things with the running back. Either he needs to turn around faster 
when he's avoiding blocking the extra blitzer. Because it's a difference between a four-man rush and a blitz. Blitz, they're bringing an extra guy or two extra guys where you don't have enough people to block them. But what we were doing yesterday with Najee and Jalen Warren, and it affected Kenny, was we would free release those guys for the screen in between the line of scrimmage, and they would just take almost a second or two too long to turn around. So now Kenny is either trying to airmail it to them or he's just getting rid of it right now because their head isn't around. Now, to combat that, you either tell them, like I said, turn around as soon as you feel that, as soon as you see color flash, pop your head around, I'm going to dump it right to you, and that's one way you can get away with it. Or you have to say, you got to chip this dude before you go out on your screenplay. Hit him, 1,001, then release. No different when you see a tight end do it, right? You'll see a tight end block a D in 1,001, 1,002. Then he'll turn around for the screen. Watch Travis Kelsey tonight. He'll, he'll do it a dozen times. <laughs> Similar concept, right? So that's the second alternative. The third thing is you just change the release path. Instead of having the running back insert through the line of scrimmage and burst out, you have him treated more like a swing route where he's exiting out the back of the line of scrimmage, right? Outside of the tackle versus inside of the tackle or inside of the guard. So we got multiple things that, from a coaching standpoint, that could help out. But this is one of those things where, like we said, some of it scheme, but the majority of it is on the execution, is on the you know, player part of it. There's plays to be made out and there. And that's the part where, like I said, we have to be better. And then on top of that, when we are also talking about when we were dropped back into, you know, past situations, it's not all on Kenny because at the same time, we do have to have guys getting open more consistently. And it can't just be the same person where we're talking about, well, this is the route runner, this is the deep ball guy, this is the speed guy. All right, so if the route runner don't win, then everybody else is kind of screwed. That can't be the case. The same way we look at Kenny and say, you got to develop, you got to look at the receivers and say similar things. All right, we got to keep improving. Sure. We know what you do well. We know what you struggle with. We got to raise that floor up more, and that's for all of those guys out there. But that's kind of, like I said, for me, if I'm instantly looking at this offense, I'm saying, how do we improve in the short for next week? Yeah, for this Sunday. This is how. There is no magic person that you're going to call up. There is no magic quarterback that you're going to bring in here. I know people are going to say, well, look, Buffalo fired their OC. You see how that worked out? Buffalo has Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Let's talk about Josh Allen. Leads the league in interceptions. He also leads the league in touchdown passes. He has the most interceptions in his first six seasons. He has the most total touchdowns in his first six seasons. A lot of yards, That includes Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, any of your favorites. They ask him to do more than any other quarterback in the NFL. So, once again, it's like, man, it's certain things that we have to understand, man. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those ones, though, but we can improve, and I think we will improve. But we do have to be brutally honest about it in those situations. So I think that helps us in the short. And then from defense standpoint, make the plays you're supposed to make. I look at Trenton Thompson, man. He had a beautiful opportunity oh, for an interception. Oh, my goodness, did he not? Did he? And he might still be running Come if, on, he, baby. if he catches that thing. Catch the ones they throw to you. That's my big takeaway because Coach Tommy would tell us this all the time. He would talk about how a lot of times we're out there on defense, man, you get a chance to get a turnover or get off the field, and you miss that opportunity. Usually the bad play happens almost immediately after. And you're like, dang, dude, we had a chance to get off this field right here. And then two plays two later, plays they, later they, they hit you, know you know for I mean? a 40-yard gain or something. Yeah. And it's like that type of stuff where it's like you don't know when you're going to get that next opportunity. We don't know the 10 to 15 plays that are going to truly influence the outcome of this game. But it's like when those opportunities come, we got to capitalize on it. So defensively, I would say we got to be better with that. The rest of it, I'm like, man, we got a mixed batch of group 
<laughs> on the back end. I'm watching my inside oh, linebackers. My I got Mark Robinson. I got Landon Robinson. I got Mikael Walker. And all three of them are new in some and capacity. And you're rotating Trenton and Thompson rot- and Elijah Riley on the back end. Yeah, and Elijah man. Riley gets hurt. Come you're on, just, bro. You're, you're dropping safeties I'm, left and right. I'm watching Pat P play nickel outside and safety, bro. He was all over the place. Okay. I thought he played well yesterday, honestly. I think the past two games he's played yeah, extremely well. probably the best I lo- he's I loved looked. I Green Bay game. Yep. I thought that he was exceptional, and now he's stepping up even more. Yep. But it's like when you have that many moving pieces, it's that tough. many personnel changes, you're going to give up some stuff, man. But as a whole, I thought that they did more than enough to take care of the game. I did too. I always say it's a race to 20 with the Steelers right now. First team to get to 20 wins. They scored 13 points. 13 points is not enough. That I'm should not, not be enough. I man. know a lot of people are rushing to pile. Well, the, the, the defense let them down when they needed them the most. I would disagree. I would as well. Uh, you can only, it's as Motsi has laid out, it's the National Football League. Like, they've got Amari Cooper. They've got David Njoku. I know they've got a fifth-round rookie starting at quarterback, but Tell they still him, have— He's still a fifth-round rookie. That means he was drafted. That means of all the players that were eligible, 300 people only got selected last year. He was the fifth-round guy. So, clearly, he's talented. And there's clearly a reason that despite the only other time we saw him this season, he threw, what, four interceptions against the uh-huh. Ravens? That the Browns went, yeah, we're going with him over P.J. Walker. Yeah. Because we got yeah. a week to get him ready. We're, we're going with him over P.J. It's the National Football League, man. Every team's got millionaires. Every team's got pro bowl, all pro caliber players. And you know what? With that, too, and Joku didn't play his best game yesterday, nah. but he made the catch at the end when they needed him. Yeah. And that quite often is the difference. And that, to me, is why I'm not blaming the defense. You can only, It's the National Football League, man. You can only shut these guys down for so long before they're going to make some plays, too. The defense did that, and then they did it again, and then they did it again, and finally the dam broke. But you're right. Listen, they'll point to a couple of those specific plays and say, oh, man, if we could have just made a play here, it would have made all the difference. And you still want your defense. You don't want your yeah. defense pointing fingers either. No, I'm with you on that. Um, but, yeah, I can. that's one of the things that people can miss me with today. I've, I've seen that popping up is, oh, well, the defense failed them when they needed them the most. I'd say that they kept them, their heads above water for, for 58 minutes. But that's been the story all season. The difference is who we give the credit to when the success happens at the end of the game people will instantly turn it into the Kenny Pickett show. And this is the inverse to that. It's like you can't have it where, you know, if he plays well in these last two series, we crown him and act as if the other portion of the game doesn't matter. If that is the new standard, which has been communicated to us numerous times, it's like, okay, well, we have to keep it consistent with that. Then if that's how we're going to be grading them. And that's one of the things where it's like yesterday, that was not the standard. And that was on his scale. If we're talking about just from an NFL standard, we definitely know that this wasn't close to what we're looking for in terms of QB1 or franchise caliber. But once again, for me, it is not the, you know, end-all, be-all, bench him today. Like, no, I'm not on that. I do feel like he has to continue to get better, and I don't think that he has a lot more time either. If he continues to look like how he's been trending lately – it's not going to be a fun offseason for him. But the beauty of football, while you're in season, you have a chance to change the narrative. Every He's going to have a every great game's chance a new this weekend right? to change the narrative on himself, man. A great opportunity to change the narrative. You win this upcoming week, you're sitting at 7-4, and four, nobody is tripping. Nobody is losing their mind, and it's going to be a totally different conversation surrounding him, surrounding this offense, and surrounding this team as a whole. You're, you know what? You're so right. Like, if the offense plays well next week, 
and it doesn't even have to be a world-beating performance. If you go to Cincinnati and you win twenty-three to thirteen, do what you're supposed. Like we know you're capable of doing. We're not. You don't. We don't think you're capable of thirty. You're, but you're capable of twenty, twenty-three. You're capable of that. You're you're twenty-one. I mean, you're you're capable. You're you're seven and four, and then you go. Oh, we got the two-win Cardinals and the two-win Patriots coming mm-hmm. to town. We'd all be like, here we go. Okay. Back in the division hunt. Okay. Watch out, Baltimore. Okay. <laughs> I do have a one more question as it relates to the offense for Motsi, but I might wait until the start of the 1 o'clock hour to get into that because we got a lot of tweets here that we've got to get to as well, too. Oh, the tweets tweeting? Well, <laughs> they're chirping. Hey, now. The X's are X-ing. That doesn't, see, that doesn't sound nearly as good. Just I, a big branding mistake. Well, well, whenever you X me, man, I start you know, hallucinating tweet, and I get lost. I get tweet, confused. I don't know where we at. Tweeting was a verb. X-ing is like... People think you got bad connotations and problems with problems with you're thinking about your ex or you've got problems with substance abuse or yeah. something. We ain't trying to get in any of that. Mm-mm. We will get to some of your reaction to close out the first hour though, uh, in a jam packed second hour to come. So don't you dare go anywhere. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment here of the first hour of the program. We'll get a little bit back more into uh, some some X's and O's and some philosophical questions uh, with, uh, with Arthur Motes here in just a minute. Did want to get to a couple of your tweets, though, to close down this first hour. As always, you guys know where to get at us. You know we appreciate your participation. Marco tweets us and says, I'd rather get a cavity than lose to the Browns. I've been defending a lot of things on this team, but yesterday was bad. Number 30 just needed to run the ball six more times for a field goal. That's the one thing. Mm-hmm. If it... <laughs> Let's talk about it. You, you know, had, we got to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's talk about it. You had first you had first and 10 at what? Like the Browns 40, 42-yard mm-hmm. line, something like that. At that point, if you pick up a first down, I mean, heck, even if you get seven or eight yards, yeah. you're giving Boswell a shot at a 50, 51-yarder, which, uh, spoiler alert, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but that guy's been practically automatic this season. This is also true. The only field goal he missed was when they called that BS. Was it LA or was it Jackson, Jacksonville, where they called that BS penalty and he had to kick like a 60 60- two-yarder, 63-yarder all of a sudden. That's the only one he's missed all year was from more than 60 yards away. Other than that, he's made every single field goal. That was one of the things that that confuses me. I normally think, I think I've laid this out to you before, like I think play calling is one of those things that just every single NFL fan base critiques and criticizes. If you were to ask the 31 other teams in the NFL, their fans, do you think your coordinator, do you think your coach does a good job of calling plays? I bet you one or two would say yes. I mean, the Washington Commanders right now, they'd be saying yes. Because Eric Bieniemy has done wonders with, with with Sam Howell in that offense. Maybe the Chiefs. But it's funny. Anytime the Chiefs lose, go look at the reaction. Yeah. They all crush Andy Reid. They crush Andy Reid every time the Chiefs lose. You see Buffalo, they was hollering about fire at the war court. We're like, bro, you the numbers are the same. It's just the feel to feel different. Yeah, but you the, lose one game. Oh, I got to get him out of here. The way Jalen Warren yeah. was running, that was the one thing I don't understand. At the end there, give him the ball between the tackles three straight times. You get five or six yards. Boswell's kicking a 50-yard field goal. 
to, to potentially win the game. That one was a little puzzling to me. Yeah, um, when I saw that, man, I thought that was one of those ones where we kind of, I don't want to say overthought it because we were obviously using both of those guys, but it is a very unique dynamic right now with that running back room because you obviously know the first rounder is the first rounder, but the undrafted free agent is outplaying the first rounder. So three weeks ago, remember, there was a whole identity crisis about who should be RB1, who should get the start, who should get the lion's share of the touches. That was literally three weeks ago. So when we're talking about that particular drive and them deciding who should go out there versus who should not go out there, I think they're still figuring out all of that internally right now. And their default was, I'm going to go with the first rounder, the guy that has been our guy, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we can obviously criticize it today, because we weren't successful, right? So now it's, man, well, you should we'll just put Jalen Warren out there. It'd have been fine. Okay, but if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure everybody has talked about what were our final plays? Were they pass plays or run plays? They're pass plays, right? Oh. They pass plays? Was it one pass play? I think it was multiple. Was it two pass plays? I think it was two. One, could, two, buckle my shoe. Could have been a third pass play? They might have had a trio. Yeah. I did, again, I didn't love that. I, I, normally, I, I don't I don't love the calls, I, but I, at the same time, it's like, if I'm going to go three pass plays, who gives me my better blocking, right? I, go with the bigger body, I get I'm, it. I'm I don't love that. it, but it's like, what are we talking about here? If the execution is better, we're not tripping on this type of stuff. It's also true, and that's one of the things we do. And to act like we don't use both of these running backs in tandem and haven't been doing it throughout not just these past three weeks, but the whole season we've been doing this. But because in this particular instance, it didn't work, now we want to do the over analyst, the over corrections. It's like it wasn't that critical one way or the other. Yes, we can sit here and say if Kenny hits one of those throws or if the receiver gets open, it's a better route. We don't even care who's in the backfield. Right? If we ended up giving the ball to Jalen Warren and he put the ball on the ground, we'd be losing. Oh, why you ain't put Najee out there? Why you ain't put Najee in there? If Najee would have got out the ball, he'd have burst. Oh, man, I told you we should have put Najee out there. If you would have messed, oh, you should have been thirty back there. It's like it is one of those damned yeah. if you do, damned if you don't type things. And every I know, call is not going to work. Everything is it, not going to work. And some it. stuff might work this week, and then next week it doesn't. Every, almost every team in the NFL thinks that their that their head coach or their offensive coordinator could call better plays, should call better plays, doesn't call plays the right way. I know I've used this analogy with you before. It's the same thing to me at, and I don't want to call it lazy analysis, but I think it's easy analysis is, is probably the, the word I'm looking for. It's like the goalie glove hand conversation in hockey. Mm. A goalie could make 20 straight saves with his glove, but then on that 21st one, he gets beat glove side, and everyone goes, I told you his glove hand sucks. That guy can't make a save with his glove hand. He used to do that with Matt Murray all the time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. We went in back-to-back Stanley Cups, but everyone wants to crucify him for his glove hand. I think there's some of that at, at, at play here as well, too, that the offensive coordinator can make the right call nine times in a row, but that if, then if the 10th call isn't the perfect or isn't exactly the, the most ideal in the moment, we'll absolutely crush him for it. And I think there's maybe some of that at play, albeit with, again, I, I would have liked keeping the ball on the ground in those situations, but I also know what Mozi's saying is correct, too. If you execute, we're not having this conversation. Because everybody will be talking about how, man, that's the aggressiveness that I like to see. That's us putting the ball on our quarterback, saying that we trust exactly and believe in. Right. So he's faulted for trusting and believing in this quarterback that everybody says is the guy, right? He says you got to trust him, put the ball in his hands. So it's like, yo, he's doing certain things, but it just didn't work out. So it's like you can't 
all of a sudden lose your mind on him trusting the quarterback in that situation. The quarterback up until yesterday had shown a high level of consistency of delivery in those, in those, in those situations. situations. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what we call fourth quarter, Come Kenny? Come on, man. It's like, man, we want to pick and choose when we want to, you know, use that. It's we like, want man. our cake and we want to eat it, too. <laughs> Seriously. That's what we do as sports fans, without a doubt. Uh, all right, we got to get to a break here. Close down the first hour. On the other side, let's stick with that a little bit. That's the thing I want to talk about to start hour two. Risky business. All right, there's been a lot of calls for let's take more risks on offense. Let's really see what we've got in these last, what, seven games, eight games. Let Kenny cut it loose. Let him throw downfield. Let's make him go out there and prove it. Is there any credence to that? Or would that be completely uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, to use an old analogy? I'll pick Motsi's brain on that when we return for hour number two. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an ST Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At ST, it's just what we do. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 